0: Hello and welcome to episode 29 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, the founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I help service-based businesses to define their brand and achieve their version of success. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Sky Ferguson, who is a PR coach working with female entrepreneurs who want to get themselves featured in the press, but have no idea where to start. Today, we are going to be talking about what PR is and isn't, and I'm very excited for this. Thank you so much for joining me today, Skye. Oh, thank
1: you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here.
0: So I have to say that I've definitely noticed a trend recently, especially as we enter 2021, of small businesses really looking to explore marketing that isn't reliant on social media. But I feel like PR still has that air of mystery around it. So I'd love to kick off by asking kind of how do you define PR?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good question because I actually think it's one of those things that even people who work in communications can get a bit like, What's marketing? What's PR? So I think the best way to kind of understand it, PR is part of your marketing strategy. Um, Marketing is what you say about yourself. There are hundreds of different ways that you can do that, but it's essentially you talking about your business. PR is what other people say about you. So it can be, most people think of it as the media, um, which it is, it's a massive part of it, but it can be, you know, awards, speaker opportunities, podcast interviews, anything like that. And it's basically anything reputation-based.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love that. That little bit at the end, I think is really key. It's like, it's the reputation base. I did an episode a while back with Siobhan Fox where we talked about the difference between brand and marketing. And in that, it was kind of your marketing is what you say about you. Your brand is kind of what other people say about you. And I suppose that PR is almost an extension of both of those combined. Totally. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And yeah, it can be kind of confusing, but that's kind of why I think that's the power of PR as well, that it isn't what you're saying about yourself. It's kind of that ultimate testimonial for your business. So, you know, whether it's the journalist or the editors chosen to feature you or to write about you, whether it's, you know, the, conference organizers putting you on that panel and picking you as that person like I think that's where the credibility part of it comes in as well
0: yeah I love that and I guess when you're chosen for a PR feature it's because of what you're saying about yourself but you need to be able to back that up you need to be able to show that you're walking the walk as well as talking the talk yeah definitely and yeah and just talking about that point of like you know the journalist has chosen
1: you and it's about what you have to say Um, I think that you know the media is so shrouded in mystery like in unless you've worked with the media, you have no idea how it works. And sometimes I think small business owners particularly think like, oh, I need to reach a certain level of success, have a certain number of Instagram followers before a journalist would want to speak to me. And it's not true at all. It's exactly like you're saying. It's all about giving them good content. Like, Good information, like just showing up as an expert um, and giving advice. It's all about your content. It's kind of, yeah,
0: having something interesting to say, basically. I find that really interesting because coming from a corporate world and working in marketing departments for year upon year and always had like a PR team or a PR person. And I think that there's the cliche from films like, I don't know, Devil Wears Prada and other places like that, where it's kind of, it's all about dealing with crisis as opposed to being proactive with your PR. Um, And that's something that I definitely kind of associated with PR from my corporate days was that it wasn't something for small businesses because we weren't making enough waves, so to speak. Would that seem like a common kind of misconception that you come across? Yeah, that's really funny that you mentioned like the devil wears part. And actually somebody said
1: this to me, just to blow my own horn a second. And she was like, the thing is, you're so like warm and friendly. And I don't associate that with PR. I associate it with like you're saying, like the panic and the drama. And I don't know, people think it's going to these flashy events and all of that kind of thing. But actually, really, all it is, is creating good content, good, interesting content. And like, that's why journalists need us. I think there's also that thing of feeling like, who would want to hear from me like who you know what journalists would want to feature me like you are the expert in what you do. You know what's going on. You know what problems that your client's having. You know, you know what people are most interested or surprised about by your industry. So you going to that journalist and telling them, look, this is really interesting um, and this is what I can say about it. Like that's absolute gold for
0: them. I love that. I really love that because I absolutely can relate to some of the things that you said there. And I'm sure that the listeners can as well where you're like, yeah, but I find it interesting. But I find it interesting because it's what I do and that's what I get excited about. But why would someone else choose to read that? But I guess if you're already putting some content out on social media and using someone else's platform to promote your business, then PR is just kind of a good next step or an alternative step for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like exactly what you're saying, loads of the stuff that we put out on social could absolutely make a great media story. Um, And I think like, you know, the whole thing with my business is teaching people how to do it themselves, showing them like that it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be this big mysterious thing that's out of reach for you. It's absolutely something that you can do yourself. And what it's about really is like, Understanding what makes a good story for the media and being able to spot that in your business. So, you know, we didn't used to walk around in life being like, oh, that would be a good Instagram story, or I must post about this on Facebook. But like, we're so used to it. It's so ingrained in us now. And that is what my work is all about with my clients, is getting to them, them to that place where they're like, that's a good media story. This would be a great pitch. Like, I should definitely contact a journalist about this story that's breaking. I can add to that. So it's just about like everything with our business, especially small business owners, like learning all these new skills and PR is just one
0: of them. And it absolutely is something that we can start to do for ourselves for sure. That's brilliant. And I guess once you kind of learn how to identify what makes a good story, it actually helps with every other aspect of your marketing as well. That sounds like an essential skill, You see a lot on social media and um, marketing blogs and everything else where it's like be the storyteller, but actually recognizing what those stories are to start with is a wonderful skill to be able to develop. Um, Do you have any tips for the listeners on how they can start to identify just maybe a bit of self-reflection on what would make a good story in their business? Yeah, definitely. So
1: things that make a good story, having a strong opinion on something. Um, Being able to maybe offer like a different take on a sort of popular or trending topic. And then, you know, aside from the business, don't forget those personal human stories. Like humans love a story. They love other people. Like we just want to know everything about everyone. And that's often a huge part of your business, especially small business owners. Like if you just start with that, why? Like why did I start my business? You could sit and, I don't know, journal it for 10 minutes. You will have so many stories in that. So yeah, when I'm working with people, I like to kind of break it up into like four different sections in terms of how we can find stories. So you've got like the business side of things. So obviously that's sort of owning that expertise, that expert comment, that kind of thought leadership stuff. So anything related to your industry and your profession that is interesting to the reader. Um, And when I say interesting to the reader, like there's so much different media out there. So it really depends on what kind of outlet you're kind of targeting. And that's like your business side, but that's just one part of it. Obviously we talked about, you know, the personal side. So what makes you unique? Like what is the story behind your business? Like we just live in this age of transparency. Now we are so used to knowing everything about everyone that we like, almost come to expect it a little bit like I can just go on Instagram and find out you know what someone incredibly famous ate for their breakfast like it's so weird that we know all this stuff about people (laughs) and uh, but I think it creates an expectation Um, and there's nowhere to hide now as well and you know people obviously buy people but you know even on a bigger scale like I think we're starting to become more like conscious in our sort of consuming anyway. So, you know, people want to know that person behind the business. Like I do, I work with service-based businesses and, you know, inherently like we are selling ourselves in some way, but even with products, like why did you start this? How did you get to where you are? Like that part of the story is super interesting. And then you also, so I said, there's four things. So there's the business, the personal, the third one is like timely. Okay. So like Why is this interesting now? So, I don't know, this time last year, you know, content on working from home interesting to some people not that interesting to most people now incredibly relevant to everybody so yeah like what's going on in the world and like what's changed in your industry or even like sort of you know pop culture stuff if there's you know like a netflix show that everyone's watching and i don't know maybe i don't know say you're like um an estate agent and you know remember selling sunsets was huge like during lockdown you know something like that so what's happening right now like what can you hook your story onto basically um, and the fourth one for me is always audience or like your audience or your clients, like you know them really well. And I kind of touched on that before. So, you know, what is the biggest problem that people are coming to you with? Like, why do people need your help? What are they most surprised by about your work or your industry? Like that's an insight that you've got that a journalist won't. And that's where you being able to bring that story to them, um, is really interesting. So yeah, there's so many different things we can talk about. And I often hear people say like, oh but who would want to hear from like a I don't know an accountant no shade to the accountants but you know who would want to hear from whatever insert any job title um but it's so much more than that like it's so much more than kind of what we do and I know that when I work with people like yeah it will be partly because I need their service but it'll also be because I like them and I'm interested in them and I've been watching their insta stories forever and I feel like we're friends you know
0: <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness that awkward thing where you've been following someone's insta stories like day in day out for so long and then you finally meet them but you're just like oh hey how's things how's that thing that you were doing the other day I saw that you got this in there and you're like am I overstepping boundaries
1: <laughs> it's so funny it's like it's like when you um when you go on a date and you're like loaded with all this information you're not supposed to know. (laughs) Like my housemate is the absolute queen of stalking and she will get you anything you want to know on a guy before you go to meet him. And then you go and you're like, must remember, like, what I'm supposed to know <laughs> and what
0: is the stuff that I have found out myself. <laughs> just trying to casually check a file that you've got in your handbag highlight a highlighted <laughs> bits that you can talk about, and the rest of it's just kind of like red underlined. Like, oh oh so my god, so you good in the summer of 1992. <laughs> <laughs> reputation wise (laughs) Um, yeah I mean one of the key things that we've touched on quite a few times in this is the fact that and one of the misconceptions that I think I fell into in PR until earlier this year is that PR is print related when actually There are so many online bases. And that's just because my experience previously has always been, PR relations has always been with magazines, journalists who write for newspapers um, and things like that. But nowadays, I mean, there must be so many other opportunities. And you mentioned things like awards and speaking, but it sounds like there's just such a vast world that's open to you when you embrace PR. But how do you even start to tackle that within a small business when you're already trying to do everything else.
1: Yeah, totally. It's interesting as well that you mentioned print because when I kind of worked in PR in the corporate sector before, like print was always like the most valuable thing. Like that's what clients wanted. They wanted to be in print. Whereas actually for a small business owner I would probably say online stuff is is a lot more valuable like you can use the coverage better it's good for your SEO like all of that kind of thing so it's like an interesting shift isn't it yeah. um but yeah there's I don't know I guess as well you know don't forget broadcast there's radio there's tv um there's all of that and I think that really what it comes down to is probably what are you comfortable with um if you're you know if you like chatting and you like speaking um then absolutely like go for the broadcast like local radio is main like radio is a fantastic one um that's probably you know people don't necessarily think of um, and I guess between the print and the online stuff what I would say is they almost have like two different roles like as I said like there's so much value to the online stuff in terms of like driving traffic to you and making it easy for people to find you um, I think what the print stuff does is more of the credibility side so it's not necessarily actually anything to do with the article or what you've said or the fact that anyone will read it but it's like you know know, doing a beautiful flat lay of, you know, the Sunday times, which you're featured in or whatever it is, or being able to say like, yeah, well, I was in Vogue, you know, whatever. Like that's actually a massive part of PR. Like, yes, you reach a huge audience and yes, you bring people into your world. But actually a lot of it is kind of just being able to say it. And, you know, I've worked in PR for like over 10 years, but every time someone will post like, you know, being like, oh, I was featured in this, or I did an interview with these people, like automatically in my mind I'm going, well, they're an expert. Like we can't help it. Like it's beautiful and shiny and it just like, instantly builds trust, it instantly builds credibility. So yeah, I think like there are lots of different types of media and it probably depends A what you're comfortable with, um, but B also like what are you kind of looking to achieve. So you know for some people it might be like their absolute dream, like they want to be in the Sunday Times magazine, for example, like, you know, potentially they could do an online piece with a slightly more niche publication um, and it might have more tangible results for them. But, you know, if they want to be able to say that they've done that, um, then that's really, really cool as well. So, yeah, it just depends. Yeah. What you're after.
0: I love that. And I would also say and something that I would love to talk about is, We talk a lot about the build-up to PR and where you can get featured in PR and kind of all of the different areas. Because like broadcast is one that I, it always slides past me. Like I'm a print designer by trade traditionally. So print has always been forefront of my mind and like online just opens up everything. But when it comes to say you have been featured in something the benefits of then sharing that and how you share that, I guess, is still a continuation of that PR strategy is how you use that coverage afterwards. So, I mean, I think I am definitely gunning for having those little magazine logos on my profile and my website to say as featured in XYZ. So that's one way that you can kind of capitalize on that coverage. But do you have any other kind of really top tips for capitalizing on the coverage that you do get through PR?
1: Yeah, it's so interesting, because actually, I think like exactly what you're saying the media moves so fast. There Mm. is so much content that actually, yes, it's amazing when you get featured somewhere, but that's gone in a second. That's over, you know? So, you know, it's about like making kind of a big deal about it when it happens. Um, But there's loads of different ways that you can kind of talk about it and bring it in. So for example, you know, if you are lucky enough to go to um, the studio to do an interview for something, like take a picture of yourself there. Like that's something you can use on your socials. It's something you can use also for kind of like, you know, to build up a bit of interest before the piece goes out. Talk about it in your content. Like you can make it relevant to other things. Like, you know, I had this huge opportunity this week, or this is the first time this happened, or, you know, I was feeling really nervous, but I'm whatever, like, however you want to use it, like talk about it in your other content, like take pictures. Um, You you do have to be careful as well of sharing print content online. Like you can't just take screenshots. It's all like copyrighted. So actually like, yes it is a little bit about the piece but it's honestly putting the locals on your website writing it in your bio that you've been featured in different places. Like that's what makes it last for a long time. Um, And that means that actually, I don't know about you, but if I go to someone's website and, you know, I can see the press logos, I'm not going around digging for the article. Like I'm not even probably going to try and read it. I'm just like, oh, fancy. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So it is. Yeah. It's honestly, it's, it's all about the logos. And it's, and it's also like, you know, and this isn't so much about, you know, what you can do with the coverage, but in terms of maximizing those opportunities, PR is a long term strategy as well. So it's about, you know, how can you solidify that relationship with the journalist and, you know, how can you use that to get more coverage in the future? And, you know, if you give people really good content, really good quotes, you know, quick turnaround, you you meet all of the deadlines, like they're going to want to work with you again. Like people, you know, journalists want people, go to people that they can reach out to, that they know will give them something good, that will know will be really reliable or whatever it is um, to kind of help them with that. So, you know, just making sure you thank the journalists, you know, if they're tweeting the piece, retweet it for them, all of that kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, like use that relationship, like you know them now. So, you know, maybe not the next day, but you know, when you think of something in the future that might be useful, like don't be embarrassed to go back. To them, um because they, you know, it's a it's a two way relationship. Like they need you as well as you needing them.
0: I think that that's really really key as well. It's understanding that it is a relationship and it's not just because I feel like it can feel so far out of reach that it's almost like you're kind of holding these journalists in like this golden tier that's so far away from where you are. But actually it is a give and take relationship because without having the content you're providing and the good stories that you're providing, they, they literally don't have anything to do their job with. Totally. And like, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, they, we need them a little bit more than they need us. Yeah. But they, we yeah. do need, like,
1: they do need us as well. Like we're, it's two ways. Um, you know, that they, they, what they need from us, especially is like, People coming to them with interesting insights and great content ideas that, you know, they cover a lot of things. Like even though journalists might be specialists in, you know, certain areas, they're not gonna know everything about technology or everything about well-being or whatever it is that they cover. Um, So actually they are relying on people like us who are experts in our area. Um, And I know that, you know, that's where the kind of imposter syndrome bit can really come in. Like owning that expertise is hard. Like you're always comparing ourselves to other people. And you know, it's that thing of like, and I get this massively. It's like, if I don't know everything there is to know about something, how can I possibly go out and share it with the world? But like, we're human. We're never going to know everything. And we're always going to know more than that reader or more than that journalist does. I guess that's the whole like staying in your lane thing, like just doing your thing, not worrying about what other people think or getting distracted by what other people do. I think sometimes actually we're more scared about you know, people in our industry seeing it or other people, which is massive. Um, and obviously it's so much easier said, um, than done to, you know, just don't worry about what people think, but like really like, that's what I would encourage most people to do is absolutely own that expertise.
0: I think that it's also, it's a bit of a muscle that once you start pushing those little boundaries within yourself of going, I am an expert. I know about this, like this one thing, It's something I have a unique view, experience or opinion on. And then once you get a little bit brave, you can start pushing that a little bit more and a little bit more. Because when you realize that no mob is rocking up at your front door, accusing you of being wrong or saying the wrong thing or whatever else, it does make things easier and it does kind of help like adjust your expectations i think because it is baby steps it's an, it's a brave thing to put yourself out into the world but that's why businesses who utilize a variety of marketing channels and build exactly what you were saying earlier build it in a way that you enjoy which is something that i'm so passionate about like you need to choose the channels that work for you If you love writing, write. If you love talking, talk. I mean, that's why I started this podcast, because I've got a lot to say. (laughs) Totally. Right, absolutely. And it's giving you that space to be the best version of yourself for your audience that they need and be that expert totally
1: try it on the size yeah and I think what's really um, important as well about what you said it's like your take it's your take it's your method it's the way that you do things like nobody can argue with that like someone might you know be doing similar work to me and they do it in a completely different way like you know I'm not saying this is the only way to do it but I'm saying like yeah this is my opinion this is my experience this is my expertise um so yeah being able to kind of hold that and I think you know, all marketing is hard. Putting yourself out there is really scary, especially when you're service-based, like you are literally selling yourself kind of as we've said before. And the media is just like a huge extension of that because it's so big. I think there's that fear of like, it's going to be there forever. It goes out to a huge platform and you don't know who's going to see it. You don't know who's going to read it. And actually like, I I'm qualified as a coach as well. And like that work is really important in what I do with my clients because yeah, you want to know all the practicalities of how to do it. But actually some of the biggest stuff that's going to hold you back is being like, oh my God, this is massive. Like, who am I to go out to this huge platform? Um, so actually, that's honestly like just as much a part of my work as the sort of practicalities of like how to do it.
0: I think that that's a really important stage to recognise as well, because if you're sat there going, PR isn't going to work for me, then well, in all honesty, it probably won't if, you, if you're kind of approaching it with that that kind of feeling. But to be honest, think about the hundreds of different podcasts, speaking engagements, awards, magazines, newspapers, like there is literally one for every niche that I can think of that is somewhere. And that's it only kind of half of the printed world, then you've got the online publications and journals and blog posts, there will be somewhere out there for you, that will hit and relate with your audience. So, you know, if you're open to it, And you can kind of manage that belief that you have that is not for you and give it a try. Like we said, baby steps. So I think my first step into PR was this year where someone was asking for opinions that would be included in an article. So it wasn't an article about me and my business. It was, do you have a few words or a view to share that can be included in this bigger article. And that for me was kind of like, okay, I'm going to just, just going to wiggle a toe over that way (laughs) and see how it goes. But are there other kind of first steps that you could recommend when the listeners are looking to actually start their PR journey?
1: Yeah, totally. And I get that as well. Like I have to hand, I like hold my hands up, like I'm not that good at doing my own PR because I'm really good at telling myself that, oh, my job is helping everyone else to get media coverage, (laughs) not to help myself. So I have to really challenge myself, you know, when I see an opportunity um, or or to like proactively go after things um, because it is scary. So like I do completely as separately as a small business owner, like I totally get it. I think the best place to start for people is on Twitter. So I think a lot of people are like, oh God, not another platform. (laughs) But you know, you don't have to, Put, you don't have to churn content out on it in the same way that you do um, in on other platforms. Um, but journalists will um, post media opportunities on there every day. So whenever they're looking for expert comment or someone to feature, maybe someone, they don't have that person in their network, whatever, someone's let them down last minute. So they use a hashtag called request. um So if you type that into Twitter, um, Twitter has a great search function as well. So if you filter it by latest, because you want to see, they move super fast. So you want to see like the most recent ones. Um, And it just feels like a less scary way to do it. So, you know, you might see something that's really relevant to your industry and what you're doing, but also there might be slightly more personal things. You know, did you pivot your business online this year? Did you start up in the pandemic? Or, you know, I don't know, are you a working mom or whatever it is, you know, there'll be like those different angles. Um, But having a look on there, like you can get amazing coverage off that. And it's just a little bit less scary um, than pitching or like thinking of the idea, going to the journalists, like that kind of thing. So yeah, if you want to get started, like get on Twitter um, and start using that journal request hashtag. um, And that's a brilliant place to start. And it will just, you will get stuff from that and that will build your confidence. Um, And the more you do, um, and the more you start working with the media, you'll then know what makes a story. You'll start to have ideas. And that's where you can proactively reach out to people um, and start pitching your own stuff.
0: That's a brilliant tip. And it's a really nice Little actionable steps. So even if you're feeling that that's still too far away, what I would recommend is just spend 10 minutes, maybe every couple of days, just having a look at the hashtag to see the kind of things that they're asking for. It doesn't have to be that you go and you respond to every single request. You can just go and have a look. It's starting that. It's starting the process, isn't it? And realizing that it is achievable for you.
1: Definitely. And I think, yeah, it's that thing about also like what makes a good story. You'll start to get an idea of what journalists are looking for um, just from kind of reading those. And yeah, you don't like, you know, it's just to see what's out there and to kind of get you started. But it is a really, yeah, it's a great place to start learning as well. Um, And like you said, you know, you don't have to respond to all of them. Like, I guess my biggest tip with those is just make sure it really is relevant. Um, Because if you go after things and you're like, oh, it says it wants someone that's 35, Bus, but I'm 31. Like there's reasons that they kind of put those things on there. So just, you know, don't go after things that are relevant. I think there's sometimes like this feeling or this panic of like, Oh, this will be like my only opportunity, but like it absolutely won't. There is plenty of opportunity out there. So yeah, just start having a look, see what's relevant. um, And yeah, you'll get a really good idea of, yeah, like what stories um, people want, but also who's writing about the topics that you're interested in. Even if you're not responding, you know, you see a journalist that's looking for something that's similar to what you do, like just give them a follow. Then you'll start to see like, you know, what they're writing about and that kind of stuff.
0: Brilliant. That's great. That's a great first step. And one of the things that you've talked about a few times is looking for those personal stories alongside business stories. Is there kind of a ideal ratio of sharing between the personal and the business, or would you say that it is definitely part of that marketing strategy that you have overall.
1: I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, when it comes to the coverage, we can't control like how much of our pictures are going to get picked up and what we're going to secure. But I would say like, you know, think about it as well. Like it's quite useful sometimes to think about PR in relation to our social stuff. So actually what we post on social, like so much of it is just as much about showing who we are and that face behind the business and all that kind of thing. So I wouldn't even say that like one is necessarily more valuable than the other. They're just different pieces. They work in different ways. Um, but I think it's just about like sort of recognizing how many different angles you can pitch for within your business. Um, and yeah, just going after all of them.
0: Brilliant. That's great. And when it comes to actual results, because I'm sure that some of the listeners will be sat there saying, this sounds great, but it's another platform. It's another thing that I need to consider, but how how is this going to actually turn into tangible results for my business? Now, I'm aware that I think PR is quite a long-term strategy, but I'd love to hear kind of your experience that you've had with your clients when it comes to more tangible results that the, that the listeners can actually imagine. Yeah, totally.
1: I think it really depends on kind of what it is. It depends on the piece. It depends on kind of what it is that you're selling or whatever. So if you maybe have something um, that's sort of a little bit more low cost, it makes more sense that you would get tangible results. So I've worked with um, someone that um, moved their party business online during lockdown. um, And she actually booked loads and loads of parties off the back of articles like, she was always asking people like, how did you find me? And loads of them had just come straight through to her. If you're a coach and you have a kind of high ticket offering, you're probably not going to book sessions off the back of it. But actually it's about building that reputation as well. So like, I know that we want those instant results and we want those tangible results. So Tangible stuff that you could measure it by is, you know, did my kind of hits to my website go up? Um, Did I get a few more followers? Maybe the link that you would want to include would be your Instagram rather than your website. You know, did my story on the day that that article went out get more views or whatever? Like, those are the tangible things that we can think about. But actually, like, that credibility and trust piece is huge. It's not so easy to measure, but it can kind of boost you as well at the beginning. Like, there's people doesn't matter what stage you're at of your business. I think like once you start getting featured and actually this kind of goes back to what you were asking about, what can you do with that coverage? Like share your success in the groups that you network within, you know, whether you use Facebook groups or whatever platform you're on, like share those results because people want to celebrate with you. But also people will remember that, like people will keep that in their mind and you will kind of go up that ranking, you know, and if you want to be that go-to person you know there's always someone in your industry that always gets the mention and you're like I do it too like why isn't it me like PR that's where you distinguish yourself from other people Um, but yeah it it is a long-term strategy you know you wouldn't post once on Instagram and then you'd be like oh I didn't get a thousand followers so obviously it doesn't work like you've got to keep going I think that there is like sometimes people see it as this like magic ticket to be like, oh, well, if I get that one piece of coverage, you know, um, then I'm going to, it's going to make me, I'm going to sell out or whatever. And it's just not true. It doesn't work like that. It's about building it up over time. Um, but that's also why I run my business how I do, which is teaching people to do it themselves. Because yeah, it's something you want to bring into that strategy. It's something that you do. It doesn't have to take loads of your time, but it's something you can put a little bit of time towards each month. Um, and over time, you will develop those relationships with journalists and they will start to come to you. Like they will start coming back to you. Like there are so many rewards to be had from it. you do have to put in the time. but That's why I massively advocate for doing it yourself. Like, you know, there is absolutely a time and a place to outsource it. But the reality is as small business owners, that's really expensive. So actually, if you can start to learn to do it yourself, um, that's when you're going to kind of get those results ultimately.
0: That's really helpful, actually. And something that I would love to just talk a little bit more around is when to choose to outsource or to learn yourself. So I'm aware that you have a Facebook group that is incredibly helpful for small businesses when they're looking at getting started. But also, like I've had chats with PR specialists around kind of that strategy piece before I even start looking at doing it myself as well. I mean, there feels like there's so many different ways that you could do it, would you always advocate kind of that learning piece to do it yourself first? Or would you say that working with someone is helpful to kind of get a good understanding?
1: I guess it kind of depends on what you're in terms of working with someone sort of like what you're what the idea is behind that. Like if you just don't have the time, then totally, like I can absolutely see why people would want to outsource it. The benefits of doing it yourself, you know, aside from the fact that it is long-term and it is, you know, aside from the cost piece is like actually developing those relationships that you own with a journalist is so incredibly useful. You know, anything that we outsource, absolutely brilliant. But like, unless we can afford to do that long-term, as soon as we stop, it stops you know as soon as we stop the coverage stops and we don't have access to those journalist contacts like prs will protect their contacts like that is exactly what they do and like absolutely they should like you know if i do kind of i still do some consulting for people i would never be like sharing lists or things like that you know that is why we like we're good at what we do kind of thing um so i think yeah the benefits would be like developing your own relationships and also i think the main thing is like actually learning to do it yourself like You know what those stories are. You're not going to miss an opportunity. And like you're on it. It's your business. It's your industry. Um, And not to say that, you know, outsourcing it to someone else that they wouldn't be on it. But like, I think there's something like we are those experts. So being able to just jump on an opportunity or to have that really good connection with that journalist that we've worked with a few times, like those kind of things. Yeah, I'm a massive advocate of doing it yourself um, for all of those reasons. Um, but obviously, yeah, there's a time and a place to outsource. I guess it for me, it probably does massively come down to cost, just because it is expensive. And also, like as we talked about, like it's a long-term strategy. Like PR is free, okay, which is amazing. Like we do not pay for coverage, but that means that we don't have control over the outcome. Mm-hmm. So there can be a million different reasons why you're not landing coverage. Like it might just be, you know. I don't know, say you have a really great story or you've got an interview lined up and then, you know, Boris Johnson resigns. Well, you're not going to, you're not going to be that. Yeah, exactly. Like, thanks, Boris. Thanks again, Boris. But like, there's so many things that are out of our control. Um, And for different reasons, things can get dropped or whatever, but like you're paying someone to do it for you. Like, you still have to pay them, like they're still doing their job. Like you're not always going to get coverage either, um, which is just another reason why I think doing it yourself and the, like the more you understand, like it's not, it doesn't have to be very time consuming. It's just sort of like when you know how to pitch, you can fire those off. And actually, it's like, you know, the time versus what you might potentially get from it um, the coverage you might get or the results you might get or whatever um is totally becomes worth it.
0: I think it sounds like it's very similar to kind of any other marketing platform even though at the beginning we were talking around how it feels like it's quite far away but actually any platform feels far away when you don't know and I think that demystifying it and actually spending a bit of time to understand it really is beneficial to understand whether it's right for you because from everything that you've been saying, kind of the key points I keep coming back to is you need to be clear on what you're expecting to get out of it, what your intentions are, which holds true for any marketing platform. If you don't know why you're there, then you're not going to know how to create the content effectively. Totally. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like, if you're clear on purpose, then you'll give yourself almost like a bit of direction because if you're trying to build authority and credibility you'll go to certain publications whereas if you're trying to go for those quick wins and those more transactional pieces then that kind of helps you to identify where to go as well. Totally and like
1: I just don't think in marketing unfortunately there is no such thing as a quick win like it just doesn't work like that like God, we all wish it did, like, don't we? And I think that that's sometimes the problem or like where people maybe get burned a little bit on the PR side is because exactly what you're saying, there is so much mystery around it. They don't know what to expect. They don't really know like how it works or anything like that. Um, And sometimes, you know, because the media is this thing that we just put on this total pedestal, it's easy to be like one piece and I've made it. But like, What that doesn't work with anything, like you know, you can put money behind your first ad, like it doesn't mean like that's not going to be your first immediate 10k month or whatever it is, you know, like it is just another marketing tool and it does take you know a little bit of understanding, it does take a little bit of time and it is a long term thing. But I guess what differentiates it is going back to kind of what we said at the beginning, it is like there is the trust and credibility that you can build through being featured in the media it's just totally unrivaled. Like anybody can get on Instagram. Like obviously, you know, there's people with more followers and that kind of thing, but you know, not anybody can just get in the media. You do have to be picked or chosen or whatever it is. And also I guess it's like the platforms are big. So there's no other way that you can reach that many people in one go without spending like a shitload of money as well. So yeah, there are things that like differentiate it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a marketing tool. Like can you market your business without PR? Yeah, of course you can. Can you market your business just doing PR? Unfortunately not. Like it's part of what you do. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and it's just like, you know, whether it's right for you. And like you said, like, what do you want to get from it? And if you are kind of expecting that magic ticket, that instant overnight success, like that's not how anything works in business.
0: Yeah. I think that Exactly what you were saying there, it is an investment in trust and credibility both ways, because you're trying to build your trust and credibility, but you're also going to have to give a lot of trust that the PR will eventually bring back in for you, because Unlike Instagram and Pinterest and all the other social media and marketing platforms where you have numbers, like you can see on your website analytics, how many people have been visiting. You can see when a blog post is doing well, you can see your follow account go up or even your posts. But with PR, I feel like there's the excitement of being featured. There's the excitement of seeing that feature and seeing your name in print, my goodness, or online or through broadcast, wherever it may be. But then you don't really have any other tangible metrics to measure other than relying on people or asking people, Where did you hear about me? How did you book with me? I mean, I'm not aware of any tangible metrics unless there are that I'm missing.
1: (laughs) We would usually measure it in terms of reach. So Mm -hmm. publications will have readership figures or reach figures but they can also be weirdly inflated like there's no sort of one way to measure it so sometimes you're like so that campaign reached three times the amount of people in the entire world like this doesn't make any sense so actually even like kind of you know on the corporate side like people aren't that bothered about reach anymore um and it is like it's a hard one to explain um and it is kind of that thing of like as we said like not we don't know everything about it. Like maybe we feel like we do with other platforms. But if you could like tell me one big business that doesn't use PR, that doesn't have a PR team, that doesn't use, you know, any kind of media, like there isn't one. And I guess like, yes, it is sometimes it's hard to quantify, um, but it must work.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think like to wrap up, because there's been so much information in this, which has been absolutely brilliant. I think it's first off, be brave and explore and try and demystify PR for yourself as a, as a business owner, like try and explore what it would mean to you, what you could potentially get out of it and what your intentions would be if you choose to use it. Then explore what makes a good story. Maybe reflect on your last six months and see what areas you think would feel like a good story and check out that journal request hashtag to -hmm. see how that lines up. And then I think three would always be, make sure that you're not relying on them to capitalize on it for you. You need to do the work after you've secured that coverage. Would you say that those are kind of a fair roundup? of?
1: Yeah, love that. Absolutely perfect. No, that's brilliant. I completely agree. And I think you're, yeah, absolutely on that last point. Like, it's not that fleeting moment when the article comes out or the interviews on the radio, like that'll be gone in a second. Like, create a hype, create a buzz, like, show off about it, like, show off about it for a long time because <laughs> it works. Those trumpets. People love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throw all of them really loud.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So, I would love to wrap up this episode by asking you just one last question, which is, well, I say that and then I'm going to ask another one. One last question around this and that's kind of from everything that we've discussed today and from all of your years of experience, what would be the one key piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners when it comes to doing PR as a small business owner?
1: My key advice would, yeah, just be remember that journalists need you too. So don't ever be afraid. Like journalists need you. They need content. They need experts. So don't be afraid to go out and tell your story. And like, embrace your expertise. Like there is a reason that you do what you do um, and you're so knowledgeable and it's so normal to feel like, who the hell am I? And that's, that's just your ego. That's just imposter syndrome creeping on in there. Um, It's always out to get us, isn't it? But yeah, just like you are the expert.
0: Brilliant. No, I think that that's a fantastic way to round off this episode. So where can the listeners find out more about you, Skye?
1: well so um, my website is skyferguson.co.uk and then the best place to find me if you are on Facebook um, is my Facebook group PR Made Easy um, and that I share like media requests every day like tips or do interviews with journalists and things like that so yeah that's the best place
0: to find me fantastic thank you so so much for joining me today Sky I feel like It's definitely inspired me within my PR journey and I hope it's done so for the listeners too. Amazing, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So listeners, all of the links for Sky will be in the show notes as always. So make sure that you check those out and be sure to join us back here on Thursday when Sky will be sharing her business journey and brand story with us. Until then, come and join us in our community on Instagram or Facebook and let us know your thoughts about this episode and whether you're now feeling inspired to delve into PR for 2021. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to support the show. And I will see you in the Brand Lounge.